0: this is reverend kirk lawton minister at ocean lakes family Camp Brown. and this is our podcast our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find god especially meaningful to you thank you for worshiping with us once when dr john a redhead was asked to speak for a week at a certain college He met with a group of students in preparation for that week, and he asked them for their advice concerning the themes which he should be speaking about. They had only one suggestion. We feel a sense of unreality in our Christian life, they said. Please tell us how to find God real. There was once an elderly person who came to talk with a minister, and this person said, I'm facing a crisis in my life, preacher. I've never paid much attention to religion, but now I need something stronger than myself to lean on. And yet I cannot seem to make contact with God. I do not know where to look for him. I can't get my hands on him. So I'm coming to join the church and see if there's anything here to help. When the great poet Robert Browning was asked what sentiment expressed in his poetry best represented his deepest convictions, his answer was this, I'm very sure of God. I fear that we're not very much like Robert Browning. We're more like the elderly person and those college students. We need to know God better to make him more real There's no better way that we could do this than by making a commitment that this year ahead, 2023, is going to find in us a sincere, deep search toward finding God in a more real, personal way. As we talk about finding God to be real, we might ask, what experiences are real to you right now? No doubt you could answer one thing that is real to you is, your friendship with another person. You can judge the reality of anything by the influence it has on you. Elizabeth Barrett Browning once asked Charles Kingsley, what is the secret of your life? Tell me that I may make my life beautiful too. His answer, madam, I had a friend. If you'll take a backward look at your life, you'll find that the things that you cherish the most Are things that have been added to your life by your friends whether that friend is your mother or father at home or maybe a roommate in college an associate in business a neighbor in the community or by a friend in church or in school our friends shape our lives and the kind of friends we choose indicates the direction in which our life is moving in John fifteen fifteen, Jesus said, I have called you friends. And here he's telling us that God is our friend. And if God is our friend, then a true and vital Christian faith means friendship with God. This awareness can be the beginning point of getting to know God better. This gives us something we can lay hold on. It gives us a handle to put into our hands. If you start out to play golf, there's a golf club to hold in your hand. In learning to drive a car, you have the steering wheel to hold on to. If you're going to play tennis, you have a tennis racket to hold. In learning to bake a cake, there are ingredients to hold. Or maybe there's a box to open up if, In these days. When you begin learning to to type on a keyboard, you have the the keyboard right there at your fingertip. When you start to learn how to be a friend with God, what do you have in a practical way that can help you? Where is that that you can hold on to? If you accept the idea that real Christian faith is friendship with God, then you have in your hands a good handle by which you can begin and get moving. If your faith means friendship with God, then the same laws that govern your relationship with your friends, will apply in your relationship with God also. So what are these laws of friendship? Let's look at them in just a few minutes. First one I want to mention is the word association. The friends who are most real to you are the ones with whom you associate the most. Many years ago when I was in college, I had a friend who was about as close to me as a brother could be. He and I shared the same interests, likes, dislikes, we had several classes together. We went places together. We enjoyed being in each, in each other's company. We even got a job and worked together for a time. And after we graduated from college, I went to the seminary, he went into military service. He was stationed at Fort Bliss in El Paso, Texas. When he was transferred from there back to Columbia, South Carolina, I flew out and rode back with him in his car to South Carolina from El Paso. But before we came straight to South Carolina, we took a swing up to Northern California, then down South and then headed East. About a two week trip, just stopping every other day or so at a motel or driving through the night, alternating driving. A true friend. As the years passed, I became settled in my first pastorate and here in South Carolina, this friend of mine also married and began making his home in a In a city in the northern part of this state, and for several years we would see each other maybe once a year. Then it may be every three, four, five years. But now I haven't seen this friend of mine in probably fifteen, maybe twenty years. I still count this person as my dear friend. His influence on my life and my life influence on him are not as marked though as they once were. I share this with you simply to illustrate the truth of the law of association, which says that if two people are to be real to each other, they must take time to be together. This is also true of the husband-wife relationship. When the husband never plans to spend time with his family, or when the wife is so busy doing other things in the church or community, the relationship between husband and wife is bound to deteriorate. The same thing is true in regards to parents and children. If we don't spend time together, then we have nothing upon which to build stronger relationships. And you may be saying, well, preacher, that's fine as far as earthly companions or friends are concerned. But what about the application in relationship to God? I've never actually seen God with my physical eyes. Well, this is not necessary for this truth still to apply. Charles Jefferson once said, I feel as if I know the apostle Paul better than any man who ever lived. Well, how could that be true? Here's a man living in our day who has never actually met the apostle Paul. In fact, 20 centuries separate these two men. Well, let's allow Jefferson to explain how he feels this way. He said, I made Paul my daily companion. I read his letters over and over. I read everything I could find which has ever been written about Paul. I have thought about him and talked about him. So now I feel as if I know Paul better than I know any other man who ever lived. This law of association in your friendship with God can be fulfilled, even though you've never actually seen God with your eyes. If you want to get to know George Washington, what do you do? Get a book and read all you can about George Washington. If you want to get to know God better, what can you do? Get his book and read all you can about how he works, how he moves, how he relates to people of days gone by, and how he still will relate to you. You say you feel that you know more about current events in the world today than you do about God? Do you know more about people on some afternoon soap opera? Do you know more about which football team is in the playoffs? Do you know more about which player is a star quarterback or tight end or whatever the position is on the football team? Do you feel that you know more about the words and deeds of a man called Joe Biden or Donald Trump? than you do about God's workings? Well, this is only natural for many when most of us spend our time reading the newspaper or watching TV than we spend with God and the pages of his book, the Bible. Those who make a place for the Bible in their schedule of reading usually show marks of knowing God far better than those who do not spend such time. Another way in which we can fulfill the law of association with God is by talking with Him through prayer. Somebody once asked a little boy if he said his prayers every night. Little boy said, no, sir. Some nights I don't want anything. (laughs) Prayer in its truest sense is not placing our order with God. It's rather a way of getting into a proper alignment with God and letting him guide and control our emotions, our feelings, our attitude, our hearts. Some people feel that prayer is a dull routine that has to be endured or a spiritual discipline which we have to cultivate when it's really a bore. Actually, prayer can be vital. And we, as we get to a place where we love talking with God in prayer, we find that our prayer time is all too short. It's a joy, a thrill to spend time alone with God. Association is the first law of friendship. If you want God as your real friend, you need to spend time and associate with him. Now, let's move quickly on to the second law of friendship. That's the word expression. We're so made that no thought, no feeling, no impulse is fully ours until we have expressed it. One person expressed this truth this way. The more frequently the expression the more full the possession. Some grammarians tell us that if we come across a new word and we use it three times, then it's ours. It's part of our vocabulary. If if you're like most of us, though, you hear a new word and you never try to work it into your vocabulary. It's just a word maybe you understand, maybe you don't understand, but it never really becomes ours until we have used it to express that word in our conversation. Now, that truth can be misunderstood, of course. One fellow in college heard that if you use a word three times, it's yours. So he said, Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton. (laughs) One of the basic laws of friendship is this law of expression. How do we express our friendship? You know it's better expressed in deeds than only in words. The Christmas gift you gave shows your love. The cake you baked for your neighbor brought the two of you closer together. The visit to that sick person showed that you really care more than words ever could. A mother who continues to care for and sacrifice for an invalid child grows to love that child more and more. The death of such an invalid child is seen not at all as so much a relief from a burden of care No, rather, it's a real heartbreaking loss. Why is that? It's because the more a friendship and love is expressed, the closer are the ties between two people. As you perform deeds of kindness for your friends, your love for them is going to grow. By the same token, as you give expression to your friendship for God and kindness to His children, then he becomes closer than breathing and nearer than hands or feet. So there are these two laws of friendship. Association, if two people are to be real to each other, they must take time to be together. And the second, expression. Our feelings for another may become real, more real, the more frequently we give expression to them. Now, if you really want God as your friend, you have to take the first step. If you want the results, you have to meet the conditions, and it's your move. We are human beings, though. Many of us are naturally lazy. We want instant everything with as little output on our part as possible. Let's be honest about it. Have you ever come to church expecting the preacher, the Sunday school teacher, or the musicians to entertain you or to make the Christian life so palatable that you can easily swallow it. Getting to know God will take some effort on your part, not just listening to a sermon or hearing some beautiful music that moves you emotionally. If you want to know God as your friend, you need to apply the same laws of friendship with your relationship with Him. Make a conscious effort of being with God more often through His book, the Bible. Through your prayer life, through your conversation with Him, saturate your life with Jesus, and you can find about Him all you'll need, as you'll find Him saying to you, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Then plan some specific time when you're going to express that friendship with God by showing your friendship to some of God's creatures. How will that be? Well, it could be a visit to a sick or shut-in person, maybe a visit to the jail, a recommitment to your work in church, a planned visit to some person whom God has put in your heart to go and see, or the conscious decision to allocate more time to be with members of your family, or might be some other definite thing which you feel God is leading you to do. When you do this, or at least when you make an honest effort to obey that inner nudging, you'll feel better inside than you have in a long time. At the end of chapter 2 in Luke, that beautiful story of Jesus' birth, the last verse says Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man if you want a clue as to how Jesus increased in God's favor, notice how he observed the law of friendship with God. Luke four sixteen says, as his custom was, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. Mark 10, verse 1 says, according to his custom, he taught the people. Luke 22, 39, as his custom was, he went to the Mount of Olives to pray. Someone said, if you can't enjoy an hour in God's house on the Lord's day, why plan an eternity in heaven with him? The question is, do I have some customs I need to develop this year in order to get to know God better? I would challenge you as I face the challenge myself during every new year to take God as your friend, apply yourself to the law of friendship with him And it will follow as the night, the day, that God will truly be found to be a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, God, help us to be willing to do what it takes to get to know you better and to know that you're always ready to listen. You're just waiting on us to come to you. So help us to be willing to do that, we pray. In the name of Jesus, your son, we ask it. Amen.